A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jadikin. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Thanks for being patient with us. Yeah, we appreciate a, it. We had an unforeseen event, like I said. Very cryptic. In, in the, well, <laughs> we're, we're okay. We're fine. Yeah, we're fine. But we had to take a week off. Uh, so do you want to do the Patreon oh. shout outs? Let's give a shout out to everyone who subscribed to our Patreon account this past week. We have a Patreon where you can listen to bonus episodes. We have over 100 episodes available on our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. We also have ad-free. You can listen to these shows ad-free. And we have ad-free episodes of our main and mini episodes. We got a lot because we took a week off. We'll get through them. bear with us. But thank you all. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who subscribed. Sean, Kathy, Emily, Selena, Kate, Megan, Nadia, Jessica, Mary, Galit, Rishaya, Lee, Missy, Jessica, Antonia, Andrea, Heather, Cynthia, Lindsay, Misty, Mackenzie, Kathleen, Paige, Amber, Natasha, Jody, Sharon, Martin, Sarah, Luke, Iron Maven, Aston, Jen, Nadia, Brandy, Lynette, Theodora, Spliff Walrus, Carrie, Mary, Brianna, Nancy, Shonda, Victoria, Julian, Anne, Shay, Alex, Ashley, Rebecca, Kara, Lady Edith, Libby, Rolanda, Frank Lotions, (laughs) that's like Frank Ocean, Mm -hmm. Sharar and Ismail. Thank, Thank you, guys. You all so Thank you so much. So we are back with part two of Ava Gardner. Last time I said there were so many stories that this would be two parts. Well, I lied because there are so many that there will be three parts. Hell yeah. I had to, I had to cut it off. I was at 10,000 words, Damn. which is a lot. So all of those won't be today, but they'll be next week. She had a lot of life and loves. I mean, <laughs> can't short, sh- short sh- shift her. Short shift? I have no idea. It's kind of amazing considering how much, how like we used to do so many one episode, wait, one part episodes back in the day and when we first began this show. And now that our like research process has just sort of gotten better, gotten better over the years. Right. I know I've said to you recently, we should redo some yeah. of those episode, early episodes I know, and we, make them more in-depth. Because I know a few of mine could have easily been longer, but I was trying to f- squeeze it into one episode. No, we didn't know what we were doing. Oh, we st- oh, look, we still don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we know a little more. We know a lot more <laughs> than we did when we first started the show. Um, I used three books for this, including Ava, My Story by Ava Gardner, Ava Gardner, The Secret Conversations by Peter Evans, and Ava Gardner, Love is Nothing by Lee Server. So let's get started. The first time Ava met Frank Sinatra was when she was a noob on the MGM lot. Ava, being a looker, made fast friends, including band leader Skitch Henderson, who took her to one of Frank's concert and introduced the pair after the show. Did you just call her a noob? Yeah, that's what they said back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a really, that's actually from the 40s. <laughs> uh, so he introduced the pair after the show and both Avon and Frank were people who loved to go out and they would often run into each other at all of the various hot spots in Hollywood, as well as celebrity baseball games. I want to see pictures of some of these celebrity uh, charity baseball games. Yeah. That seems fun. One night at the Macombo nightclub, Frank was at a table when Mickey and Ava walked by. Mickey introduced Frank to Ava and Frank said flirtatiously, flirtatiously, why didn't I meet you first? Right in front of Mickey. Honestly, I would be shaking in my boots (laughs) if I was Mickey Rooney and Frank Sinatra expressed interest in my girl. Right. Humiliating. So for a short period, they were even neighbors. One day they bumped into each other on the street and Frank convinced her to join him for dinner. The chemistry was off the charts between the pair. Dinner led to drinks, which led to a hot and heavy makeout session. When it became clear that Frank was trying to move her from the couch to the bed, Ava balked. Frank was famously married to his childhood sweetheart, Nancy, and had recently had a baby. Luckily for Ava, uh... Her, she didn't have to worry about avoiding temptation anymore because she was not very good at it uh, because Frank moved and she no longer ran into him. That is until autumn of 1949. Bappy and Ava were invited to a huge party at the Palm Springs home of Daryl Zanuck. Now, by this time, Frank's popularity as a singer was sort of on the kaputs. His MGM movie career hadn't taken off like he had hoped for. Uh, and this, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing it on the kaputs. I'm just <laughs> making up fucking things. <laughs> I was gonna say something else, and then I lost my train of thought. I like on the kaputs. That's a new saying. It's kind of. I'm like, just whipping them all out today. It's it's kind of a combination of kaput and kibbutz. <laughs> yes, it's like when you when you put the or like when you put the kibosh on the kibosh yes. i don't i was going for something Look, and then that's what came out of my brain that's the, that's the beauty of yiddish so much of it sounds made up yes <laughs> so this is only the beginning of his professional losses and personal crisis that's about to sort of hit him in multiple years now i have a question is ava i forgot is ava still married to Mickey? no she's divorced now uh, but, but they're still hanging out no, that run-in happened years before. Oh. So this, they hadn't seen each other in a very long time by this point. Okay, okay. Um, so he he's about to enter this phase of self-destruction, uh, and then ultimately, as we all know, he has this huge comeback. Um, and much of it, hap- the, the, the sort of incident, this is sort of the triggering incident. Like this thing with Ava will lead to a lot of his sort of downfall, and then ultimately his comeback. Uh, he falls in love with her, basically, at this party, and she with him. They arrive at the party. Frank immediately makes a beeline for Ava, and the flirting ensue- ensues almost immediately. At some point, Ava becomes annoyed with Frank coming onto her, reminding him that uh, that's all swell, but you're still married. Now, Frank at this point says, no, doll, it's done. It's over. So they've been drinking for hours by this point and are pretty giddy. Ava decides to take his word for it, uh, and they take a bottle of booze, inform everyone that Frank will be driving her back to her hotel. 
So they hop in his catalog convertible and head deep into the desert, drinking straight from the bottle as they fly into the dark night. They eventually reach the town of Indio, which is like a little further east from Palm Springs. Frank careens up onto a street corner before stopping, and they make out and dry hump for a, for a few minutes. <laughs> Ava pulls back from the dry humping to take another swig from the bottle, and Frank opens up his glove box and pulls out two guns. He takes one of the guns and begins shooting out street lamps. Ava eventually is like, hey, can I have a turn with one of those guns? She shoots at street lamps and just shoots at the ground, finally taking aim into a hardware store front window and just shooting it out. Okay. They peel out of there, shooting back as they're leaving the town of India, which I guess is way, way smaller than it is now, although it's pretty small now. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of driving back to the 10 freeway. As they reach the uh, entrance to the highway, sirens start blaring behind them. Two officers approach them with guns drawn, and Sinatra responds, what do these clowns want now? (laughs) They're drunk. Both stars are arrested and taken into the station. Luckily, the cops are all star fuckers, and Frank manages to get his publicist on the phone. He and the arresting officer agree to put the publicist in touch with whoever is in charge, someone who could make the arrest and any word of the incident disappear. The publicist actually gets on a private flight immediately with a suitcase full of cash, bribes whoever this local official is who's going to make it all disappear, and the stars are both released. The next morning, Ava tells Bappy she spent the whole night with Frank Sinatra, and it was a wonderful time. (laughs) Back in Hollywood, Frank is not done pursuing Ava, but now he leaves the guns at home and comes fully loaded with emotion and romance. He is also honest with her. He tells her this whole sob story about his marriage being a name only. He's only staying in in it for the children's sake. Ava buys it and kind of chooses not to press the fact that less than 12 months ago in this marriage and name only, he had another baby. Right. And she's also kind of aware this is Frank's MO to kind of romance dames at these spaghetti joints (laughs) because that's where they are. Uh, And she's like, what's a girl to do? Ava is dick-pilled. Like, Frank had the OG big dick energy. Right. And he has a massive hog. Yeah. Like, this is famous. So he wins her over. They go back to her place and they fuck for the first time. Ava speaks of the night later in her memoir, saying she knew they would be lovers eternally and that no matter what happened, they would always be in love. She called him Francis and claimed that she knew him better than anyone. And part of what they had in common, in in addition to this wanting to fuck all the time, was they really did have a common background and a very similar personality type. They were both temperamental, hot-headed. They both were insecure about their lack of education about not fitting in 100% in Hollywood. Ava always thought of herself as a hillbilly. And he, according to Frank, thought that they all saw him as nothing but a guinea. His words, not mine. Plus, they both loved to fuck, as I mentioned. And Ava could not resist this big dick. Uh, According to Jackie Gleason, Frank was built like a tuning fork. Now I looked this up. (laughs) Wait, you don't know what a tuning fork is? I do, but I needed to see it. I do know what it is. So it's basically something with a huge old, like there's a big pole down the middle. So it's like when you call someone a human tripod. Yes. Uh, and Frank is really skinny. Yeah. So that big dick must look very interesting. But that's like a thing. Skinny guys. Yeah. With, with it's a dicks. very Pete Davidson, I think. Yeah. Because he's really skinny too. Okay. Right. And has a big dick supposedly. Uh, so 
I mean, in many ways, this is a perfect match, but it's also a match made in hell. His last scorned mistress, Lana Turner, gave Ava a warning when she found out these two were sort of canoodling uh, secretly. She said Frank will never leave his wife, and Ava seemed unconcerned with that. With her, it was different. Lana was quick to point out, well, I haven't seen an announcement of their separation in the paper yet, but I guess (laughs) you do you. But like I said, Ava is digmatized. She might have thought there was no way um, any self-respecting woman would stand for her husband running around uh, behind her back, but she didn't know Nancy. Nancy was unmoved by his infidelity. This was one in a series of many times Frank had done this. He was even supposedly engaged to Lana during their affair, Um, and he had numerous women coming and going at all times. Uh, Ava was like, I'll just, or Nancy was like, I'll just wait it out. All I have to do is wait it out. She'll be gone too. Frank's advisors were also warning him that a divorce could ruin him. He really sold himself as this Italian family man. Uh, That was part of his brand. So, I mean, at this point, it's hard to look back. His singing career was like Bobby Soxer. Yeah. Like he was very wholesome at this point still. Um, He doesn't, it's not the Vegas Frank Sinatra, the Rat Pack one we kind of all really are familiar with. Howard Hughes, who had obviously been spying on Ava again, tried to scare her off by saying Frank had mob connections, which obviously Ava was fine with. And he also was like, he's fucking a lot of women, including sex workers. And he uses various racial slurs. Like, you don't want to be with this guy. He doesn't fuck, you know, according to him, good women. Ava did not care. It really was uh, different for Frank this time as well. He wanted Ava bad and was for the first time actually quietly negotiating divorce terms with Nancy. Now, while at the same time, he is also getting any man who has been pursuing Ava or trying to pursue her out of his way, including going to Mickey Cohen to get one of his henchmen off of Ava's ass, that henchman, Johnny Stompanato. Lana and Ava shared a lot of dudes. Yeah. Like they, because they had Artie Shaw, Frank Sinatra. I mean, just like, so Ava and Frank are together as much as humanly possible. Um, At some point, Ava does finally start getting fed up with Nancy's bullshit. She's like, this is pathetic. (laughs) Like, how is she just letting you fuck another woman? Uh, Frank eventually goes on tour. There's still no movement on Nancy's part. He also fires his longtime manager um, and friend, George Evans, because Evans was not Team Ava. He wanted Frank to drop her. While on tour in Houston, George Evan dies at the age of 48 after having a heart attack. Sinatra is racked with guilt about firing him, thinking that that kind of triggered the heart attack. So Ava flies to Houston to surprise him. Now, despite being two huge stars fucking, everything had been pretty much on the DL at this point. That is until this night in Houston. That night at his concert, when he saw her in the audience unexpectedly, she just showed up and surprised him, and he sees her there. He visibly changes his like composure. He is beaming and staring at her the whole time he sings for the rest of the concert. The audience are, are like looking around like, yo, like, are they fucking? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, it was so noticeable that everyone was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Houston's mayor hosted a dinner for Frank at Vincent Sorrento restaurant that night. 
During the meal, a photographer approached the table asking if he could take a pic of them eating their spaghetti. Frank said, scram, no pics with or without spaghetti. But the photographer did not scram fast enough for Frank, who bolted up, knocking at the guy's camera. The photographer managed to snap a pic during this scuffle, which really enraged Frank. And then Frank proceeded to throw hands, trying to grab the camera. Ava screamed at him to stop. This became a huge story, and all of a sudden, Ava and Frank's illicit affair was news. This prompted Nancy to finally take action, and she changed the locks to the house, kind of kicking Frank to the curb. On Valentine's Day 1950, she public, publicly announced their separation, telling the world um, that she was very unhappy and her marriage to Frank had become unbearable. Then the shit really hit the fan. Now, like I mentioned before, Frank had sold himself as this wholesome Roman Catholic family man. He's the villain in this, and Nancy is the poor, innocent, betrayed wife because uh, Frank got seduced by an even bigger villain in all of this, the harlot, Ava Gardner. Not only are they fucking, they are humiliating this loving wife and mother and just brazenly feeling no shame about it at all. God, imagine if we had Twitter <laughs> during this. Now, they are bombarded with hate mail at MGM. Columnist Hedda Hopper publishes some hate letters that she's also receiving. And the gist is often Ava Gardner is a tramp and a hussy. Some even saying things like, I don't wish her harm, but I do wish she would fall down and break her neck. Okay. <laughs> This is literally Twitter. Yeah. Or another another uh, letter said, I hope she has ulcers due to the stress that she's causing all these people. And I don't mind if one of those becomes perforated. So she is being called a hoe with hundreds of boyfriends. Everyone's like, she fucks everyone in Hollywood. Um, she knows her way around a man. That's why she can get anyone she wants. Uh, and most of them are seeing their own plight in this like we're wives too who are devoted to our husbands and like it's the ultimate betrayal etc etc the last thing they want is some hot bitch to come and take their husband and show him a good time uh obviously she takes the brunt of it nothing much has changed there uh, and Ava's response to all of this, why don't they mind their own fucking business? <laughs> she says that publicly. <laughs> uh, Frank is like, you tell him, baby. Like, he's into her uh, her sass. Luckily for MGM, Ava is set to leave the country to film her next movie. But on her way to Europe, she stops in New York because Frank had a gig at the Copacabana. This is uh, where it really becomes apparent how volatile their relationship is. Yes, it's passionate. They're in love. But they're also both jealous types who explode in anger at any slight. And Frank is not used to a woman who tells him to fuck off. So it really is attracted to him and infuriating to him. The two weeks in New York are absolute hell. Frank is a nightmare. He has these huge performances at the Copa coming up. Like I mentioned, he's exhausted. He is drinking and taking pills more than ever. And the rehearsals are grueling. Um, so his love affair with Ava gives him as much pain as it does pleasure. She, the one thing he really doesn't like is that when they're in the midst of a fight, she'll just leave. Yeah. And like, doesn't deal with it. She just walks out the fucking door. She's like, bye, I'm out of here. And that really will send Frank into these tailspins. One night she leaves him after a fight and goes to ex Artie Shaw's place where he is with his new wife. He walks in on them all just chatting. They're not doing anything, obviously. He's furious. They have a fight there. Like, why are you talking to my wife or, or my girl or whatever? At some point he tells Artie's wife to shut it. To which Artie responds by going to a 
table, taking a gun out and saying, if you talk to my woman like that again, I'll blow a nice big hole in your guts. Frank just leaves. And as he leaves, Ava says, oh, shit. (laughs) After another uh, one, Ava all but tells him him to go back to his sad wife. He goes into the other room because I guess they're in this huge hotel suite together. And she... She he like calls her from the other room. She's on the phone with him and she hears a gunshot. She runs in to find Frank lying on his stomach, only to find that he had shot the gun into the bed and not himself. He rolled over and was like, hello. Like, so they just have this like weird fucking crazy relationship. This is so messy. Now Ava flies the next day to England, escaping all this drama. Finally, she is there to film Pandora and the Flying Dutchman with James Mason. Once again, she is consumed by insecurity about her acting ability, but she is so charming and likable that everyone on set want, you know, wants to make her shine, including one telling incident. During a scene, she is supposed to be thinking about the man she loves. It's not going well. It's just like a close-up of her face. The director tells her to think of the man she has loved more than any other, other in her life, and the shot is perfect. She nails it. He then asks her, what was... What, who was she thinking of? And she says, Artie Shaw, which shocks him since he knows all these stories about this like big, huge, wild love affair between her and Frank. But she's still not there with him yet. She's yeah. just like, get away. Now, she is having a pleasant experience abroad. Meanwhile, back in New York, Frank's life is, a falling, is falling apart even more. In addition to this divorce stuff that's going on, his entire professional team drops him. He is about to be dismissed from his talent agency, and he's let go from MGM after all the trouble he has caused with Ava. She's worth keeping. Like They'll deal with the trouble for her, but not for him. He is taking more pills than ever, and even though one thing he could always rely on was, uh, even the one thing he could always rely on was failing him, his talent. He was forced to do so many series of these live performances to get money that his voice was really becoming uh, shot. He was unable to speak to Ava as often as well since she was filming in Catalonia and there was not great phone service there. So this made him even more desperate that he was losing her and it was literally draining his life force from his body. Like it was killing him. He looked ill and his friends uh, began to worry about him. Finally, one confronted him about Ava saying, was the sex that good? For Frank, yes. <laughs> like all of this was worth it. He literally loses his voice mid performance at the Copa and is diagnosed with a submucosal throat hemorrhage and ordered on bed rest and not to speak. While recuperating, all he had to do was obsess about Ava and what she's doing without him in Spain. Now, Ava is living it up in Spain. That's what she's doing without him. She's not, she's not missing Frank at all. She loves Spain. She is immediately enchanted with it, especially the nightlife and the bullfighters. She begins fucking a bullfighter who was cast in the film named Mario Cabre. I love this. She's, she's, <laughs> she's having her take a bow moment. Yes. So... They're like openly together in Spain. She's not hiding it at all. They become a tabloid item. Mario publicly proclaims Ava had gored him deeper in the heart than any of the bulls he's ever fought. That's hot. He was deep in, he was goring her pretty deeply too. Yeah. Like they're fucking a ton. He is regularly going to the <laughs> press with these claims. Uh, he's like, no, this is the real thing. This yeah. is real romance. This is not just a screen thing. Ava tells the press she knew her third love would be eternal. And Mario, everyone's like, is that Mario? Now Frank is like, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the 
third love. So he looks at this press and books a flight to Spain immediately. He had planned to visit later on, but now he's like, I need to get there fast. He shows up, he's 20 pounds thinner, and he's already thin to begin with, as I mentioned. Ava was actually with Mario when he secretly arrived, and the cast all knew. They're like, shit, like, keep him busy while we get Ava away from Mario. Like, maybe they were fucking in a fucking, the back or something. Uh, so she finally shows up very innocently. He has brought her an emerald and diamond necklace and six bottles of Coca-Cola because he knew she missed her Coca-Cola and they didn't have it in Spain. She doesn't even look at the gift. She looks at him and she's like, you look like shit, Francis. <laughs> They go off and drink and eat tapas. Frank finally confronts her about Mario, who he refers to as a grease ball. Ava tells him that he knows better than to believe the tabloids. And she continues uh, that line telling the press that Mario had a schoolboy crush on her and that's all it was. It was just publicity. Of course, Ava (laughs) once, Ava was also sort of like, I don't need to deal with this again. Like another man, heartbroken, like she, she doesn't like when men fall in love with her at this point. She's like, ugh, it's nothing but a fucking hassle. He's obviously heartbroken when she kind of dismisses him publicly now that Frank is there. Uh, and he's, in, he's like madly in love with her. The Mar- Mario. Mario. I mean, both of them are. Yeah. She truly has diamond level pussy. Like right. she is, she's the poster girl. So they eventually are back in Hollywood after a brief time together. Ava begins filming Showboat and Frank goes off to film his CVS CBS TV and radio show in New York. In September, Nancy and Frank have come to some kind of financial terms regarding their divorce, but Nancy is still dragging things out. Bappy is certain Ava is ruining her life to be with Frank, which causes them to not speak for months. Now, Frank is in New York, um, which makes Ava even more unsure about what they're, what's going on in their romance and why this divorce is still being dragged out. Um, she, she's, she's like, I'm just going to fuck still. So she keeps trying to, she's fucking a lot of guys still, including she makes an attempt for Robert Stack. Oh. Famously of Unsolved Mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) Now he tells a story about a night he had with Ava. So he says during this period when she was back in Hollywood and Frank was in New York, she lured him back to her house. And during their sort of hangout, she's like, oh, I know a couple. We should call them because they're always up for a foursome. Wow. (laughs) He is obviously like in a dither about this. (laughs) (laughs) He, I'm just making up words. He is, uh, but unfortunately before the couple arrives, he has to bail because he got food poisoning at dinner that night, wherever they went to the restaurant. So he says he ran out the door because he had like explosive diarrhea or whatever. Right. And Ava was like, what the fuck? So in his mind, this was a devastating event because he will always regret missing this chance to have a mini orgy with Ava Gardner. I like that she's like, oh, my, my friends, they're, <laughs> they, always they're always down. down. They're always down for a foursome. Now, Frank and Ava are finally reunited at Christmas. And in 1951, the tide of public opinion begins to turn in Ava's favor. She is getting rave reviews for her performance in Showboat. And people really begin sympathizing with her more as Nancy continues to drag out the divorce. They're like, well, maybe Ava just fell in love. And Nancy's a bitter old (laughs) sow who won't let Frank go and be with the person he loves. She's standing in the way of true love. Uh, it's possible people think that there may have been a conflation of Ava and her character in Showboat, Julie Laverne, who is very sympathetic. She's also part of a doomed romance in the movie. 
And she's ultimately someone who sacrifices her own happiness to protect her best friend, Magnolia. So they're People think maybe people are sort of thinking that's Ava. Now, her response to the tide changing doesn't change her idea on people talking about her at all. She's like, they can still mind their own fucking business. Now, all at the end of uh, May, Nancy announces she would be finalizing the divorce, but the summer passes and still nothing. She's like, I'm really having to hold out this time. Um, Frank blames religion for Nancy's like hold out and Ava uh, had heard the rumors that that Nancy was just dragging it out and and thinking that Ava would give up. Frank said he would book some gigs at the Cal Neva Lodge in Lake Tahoe so he could establish a six-week residency in Nevada and get this no contest divorce. I had completely forgotten about no, going to Nevada to get a fast divorce. Do you remember yeah. that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess you can kind of get them easier now, but there used to be a time that that was the place you went when you needed to get it fast and you didn't want to deal with your spouse right. uh, stopping you. So she went to visit him Labor Day weekend and all the old grievances and jealousies popped up. One night, Frank continuously badgered her about the bullfighter, telling her it was okay to tell him he was willing to let bygones be bygones. So stupid Ava was like, yeah, I did fuck the bullfighter. (laughs) Big mistake. All night long, they fought and screamed at each other. Ava finally gets in a car, drives back to LA in the middle of the night. By the time she arrives, she gets word that Frank had taken a phenobarbital overdose when she left. (gasps) So she immediately gets on a plane and flies back to Reno when she arrives, she finds him fine sitting in bed, having recovered. He didn't take enough pills to uh, die, but he had did have his stomach pumped. Wow. So it goes back and forth like this constantly. They're just constantly outraged by the other and always jealous. After a brief run of shows in Las Vegas, Frank, Frank is finally able to file for divorce. Two days after it was final on October 30th, 1951, Frank and Ava go to Philadelphia and are eventually hitched on November 7th. Now, this wedding was almost derailed the night before when one of Frank's mistresses sent a letter of confession to Ava, laying out all the time she and Frank had fucked during his time, I'm sorry, during his time with Ava. She almost didn't believe her, but there were certain sexual proclivities that the mistress knew about that Ava knew were true and very unusual. I can't find out what those were, but Probably I want to know. like his dick curved a certain way. Yeah. Uh, so, and there were some things about his anatomy mentioned as well. She would later find out that it was Howard Hughes who paid this woman to write this letter. It's all true, but he got her to do it right. uh, by giving her money because he wanted to stop this wedding. But they pulled it together and flew to Cuba for their honeymoon. And after all the hubbub died down, they were back to real life which included the downward spiral of Frank's career. His CBS show had been canceled and he was dropped from his record label, Columbia. And now he has like a whole family to support in addition to his life with Ava. So he begins working nonstop doing live engagements, which, you know, keeps them apart. But I don't even know if that's a bad thing with those two. It might be good for them. Her career is doing great. She films The Snows of Kilimanjaro and is set for another movie when Frank begs her to skip that movie and join him in Hawaii for some gigs. MGM forbids her to go, but Ava does anyway and is suspended without pay. Now, obviously, publicly, Frank is still playing this confident persona that he sort of was known for, but secretly, he is a mess. He, They actually have a conversation that is recorded in Hawaii. Ava 
uh, sees through, like sees the depths of his despair. He tells her he is washed up um, with the public. He's finished. Uh, the public is finished with him. And Ava says, anyone with your amount of talent is never washed up. She then tells Frank to rubber ass for good luck. And he does. That was all recorded? Yes. <laughs> He's obsessed with Ava's ass, by the way. This is like a thing that happens multiple times throughout the Lee Server book where he's like mad at her and then he sees her ass. He's like, oh, I just can't. He's an ass man. He's an ass man for sure. So we'll take a break there and be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. So publicly... The two speak of working together in film. They also talk about having kids. And Ava does become pregnant twice. Uh, 
Now, there's a lot of speculation about what happened with these pregnancies. They She aborted both of them, but there's a lot of reasons people have said why. Actor Rodney McDowell claims at least one of those times when she was pregnant and miscarried, she actually miscarried. It was an abortion, and Frank had shoved her, which caused the miscarriage. Uh, there is evidence that she was hospitalized during one of these periods with a medical emergency that was never really clarified. And Roddy supposedly is someone who doesn't gossip, so like it made it more believable. Um, but then, as we all know, MGM had a lot of clauses and penalties for actresses who got pregnant, so that could have also been uh, why she did it. But I'll get into some other reasons later. Their uh, fights began to become more public, and they really were tabloid darlings at this point. Once at dinner with Lana Turner and another actress, Ava, uh, Frank storms in pissed and drunk that he she's out without him, and they're all these hussies are all having a good time <laughs> wherever they were. He's red faced and he's screaming at his wife. They all ignore him. He's just yelling red faced at them, and they're all like, "Okay, honey, like whatever," which obviously enrages him more. He starts screaming at them, "You're all a bunch of goddamn lesbians, <laughs> lesbians!" Like that. The, the the passage is literally him in all caps saying "lesbians" like fifty times. Ugh. They're continuing to ignore him and laughing at him, calling him lesbians. He eventually like leaves, screaming "lesbians, lesbians" as he leaves. The restaurant. I don't know how he thought this he made him horny. look good. Yeah. He's like, I want to force some with you three. <laughs> the summer of 52, Ava and Howard Hughes had sort of rekindled their friendship, which also infuriated Frank. He leaves one night during one of their fights with a bottle of booze and a gun looking for, for Hughes so he could kill the billionaire once and for all. Luckily, Hughes was out of town. Now, <laughs> obviously, with all this constant drama in the papers, the rumors of the marriage being over followed uh, soon after, especially after another incident in Palm Springs involving the cops. Now, Frank and Ava had a huge spat, and at some point during it, Frank storms out saying he's going to Palm Springs and he's going to fuck Lana Turner there. Ava is initially dismissive of this threat, but then she remembers that Lana is in Palm Springs borrowing Frank's house that weekend. She gets in her car with Bappy and drives to Palm Springs to confront this possible affair. When she arrives, she just finds Lana there, uh, but no Frank. Lana's there with her uh, business or her publicist or a business associate, um, and they all begin to party. They're just like, yeah, while you're here, let's drink it up and hang out at the pool. Some point, Frank arrives. He's furious because they're all there having fun without him. And he thinks laughing at his theatrics. I bet you broads have really been cutting me up, he yells at them. Then he points to Ava and says, you, get in the bedroom. I want to talk to you. <laughs> so they go into, Ava's like, oh, well, I'll be right back, <laughs> kids. He, he, obviously this fight in the bedroom escalates. They hear throwing, they hear screaming. She finally leaves the room and Frank uh, screams at everyone to get at the fuck out of his house. Ava is like, well, first I'm getting all my stuff. <laughs> she just starts grabbing paintings and like, whatever, they're wasted. Uh, so as she's leaving with her stuff, Frank has gone into the bathroom and comes out to the porch carrying something full of water, which he proceeds to throw on Ava and Lana, oh. who are standing right there. That thing full of water was a douche. He no. fills up a douche and then came out and, and threw the water from the douche on them. No. 
This enraged Ava, who ran back inside and began destroying the home. Uh, So this fight got so big that the neighbors eventually call the police, who obviously at this point Sinatra kind of has in the bag. He has paid them off so many times. I just imagine drunk Ava or drunk Lana talking to the cops being like, and then he threw the douche at me. (laughs) The douche! Like he, I like the idea that he didn't even know what it was, maybe. <laughs> um, so Lana, Ava, and Ben, and Bappy, they just go rent another house and leave Frank there stewing. Uh, and he's just in his house now, this destroyed house, just fucking angry. Now, this becomes the talk of Hollywood the next week, obviously. And the rumor ends up being that Frank had found Lana and Ava in bed together, Lana says another version was that Frank walked in on a threesome between Ava, Lana, and some guy they picked up in Palm Springs. <laughs> but she's like, the truth of the matter is he just walked in on us and my ben, my business manager, Ben Cole, eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, their marriage is a dreadful fiasco. Now, they Lana managed, said that? Yes. <laughs> she's just like, I'm just waiting. You know when you have a friend in a bad relationship and that's truly waiting it out? You're like, I just know this will end and I'm just... Keep laying low until it's done because I'm not getting involved. Um, so, yeah, it's a mess. The, they manage to reconcile again. Uh, and Ava is about to head to Africa to fill Mogambo with Clark Gable and Grace Kelly. Frank, with nothing better to do, tags along. And now, initially, she butts heads with her infamous asshole director on the film, John Ford. He tries to belittle Ava a lot on set. Um, and he even... She gets it gets to the point where she finally tells him to take the dirty handkerchief he chews on while working and shove it up his ass on set. Uh, after that, he's smitten with Ava, and Ava says about him, he is the meanest man on earth, thoroughly evil, but I adore him. Whatever it is between them, um, it definitely works out. He gets one of her best performances ever, and she will go on to be nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. All the while she's filming, though, Frank is seething back in this like yurt compound where all the stars are sort of living. Uh, The cast spoke of what their daily ritual was. Sinatra and Gardner would be fighting in these tents, so obviously they can all fucking hear everything. Pots would be thrown, screaming, etc. Then there would be a very long silence, and then the loudest bed squeaking you've ever heard. (laughs) So that was their routine. Uh, In November... He leaves Africa for an audition that he is desperate to get, a part he knew he was made that was made for him, Maggio, in From Here to Eternity. Now, Columbia is not initially interested in having him, but Gardner uses her influence, especially with Harry Cohn, to get Sinatra this audition. During the filming of Mogambo is one of the another uh, one of the other times Ava supposedly went to London to have an abortion. They obviously said that she was there for a tropical in- infection. Um, she tells the wife of someone on set that she's getting this abortion because she hates Frank so much she wants that baby to go unborn. Now, later in life, she will say part of the reason she never had kids was uh, she didn't have the time to devote to having a child, and that would be unfair to the child. I mean, all of these are valid reasons not to have a child. Also, if you don't want a child, right. <laughs> that's also a valid reason. So... Um, there were also rumors that the baby was not Frank's. So who knows? We'll never know. Frank was gone for his audition. So who the hell knows? Now, he is eventually cast in From Here to Eternity. 
this joy is short-lived. When he finds out Ava has this abort, had had this abortion in Africa, he's devastated by this news. Obviously, he had a lot of kids already. He's Catholic, etc. I thought she had the abortion in London. I meant like she got pregnant in Africa oh, or whatever. Okay. Um, so he's devastated by this. Later, he says he should have uh, beat her brains out for what she did to me and the baby. Jesus. But he loved her too much. Yeah. Aw. Sounds like love. <laughs> very, very loving. So luckily, he becomes distracted filming this movie, and they move past uh, this uh, abortion. The early v- viewings of From Here to Eternity really make it known that Frank is a talent to be reckoned with again. He he obviously goes on to win an Oscar for this role, and it really sets off his uh, career comeback. Um, so he starts recording again as well. Um, he has signed a record deal to record albums with Nelson Riddle. And these are albums that give Sinatra a whole new sound. He's no longer doing the Bobby Sox thing. These are lush albums and they produce some of his most iconic recordings, uh, during this period. So Frank is back to being on top, which makes him even more arrogant. Of course he gets back and he's not humbled at all by his experience and his downfall. Ava is not having it, especially now that she's not even coming during sex. So this is Ava's turning point with Frank. She's not even coming. She even asked her ex, Artie Shaw, if sex with her was good, seemingly blaming herself for not being able to come. And Artie responds, if everything else had been anywhere near as good as the sex we had, would have, we would have been together forever. So she's relieved. Uh, and she says to Artie that she's just dismayed with Frank. She says, it's impossible. It's like being with a woman. He's so gentle. It's as though he thinks I'll break, as though I'm a piece of Dresden China and he's going to hurt me. So Ava liked it rough. And I guess Frank wasn't giving... Maybe she liked that rough, drunk, angry sex. Right. And now that Frank was on top, he's like a little happier. Uh, I have no idea what's going on there. But Frank leaves her in Hollywood, and he's now the big man in Vegas, where he is banging a lot of showgirls every night again. And while it appeared to be one of their many volatile fights and sort of separations, this time it was different. Um, On October 29th, 1953, Ava's publicist announces that the two are separating. Now, she also wants out of the country. She begs MGM to loan her out for a movie called The Barefoot Contessa that's filming in Rome. They did, and she was off, leaving everything behind. Frank quickly quickly realizes he's blown it, and he immediately begins pining away for her again, regretting his Vegas fuck fest because he's like, wants Ava back. He flies to his friend Jimmy Van Heusen's place in New York City and stays with him, drinking day and night. In late November 1953, a gossip column runs a news story that Ava is off to Rome, but the one thing she didn't pack was her 118-pound husband, Frank Sinatra. Damn. That's cold. That is cold. So this sends him into a spiral. Shortly after this is published, Van Heusen comes home to find Frank had slashed both of his wrists with a knife. He's wearing white pajamas, which are completely soaked with his blood. He is conscious, but in complete despair, telling Jimmy he could not stop the bleeding. So Ava's in Rome living this European lifestyle again, eating fucking pasta nonstop. Her costume designer actually marvels at how she could put it away. Ava says she never dieted or exercised unless you counted running to get your next meal. (laughs) So I like Ava's <laughs> philosophy. I like that she's pounding pasta. Um, back in New York, Frank is hospitalized 
uh, obviously, um, the pub the publicity department says that he's hospitalized for nervous exhaustion and a domestic ass accident involving glass. Oh. I was like, that's very specific, <laughs> but not saying he broke a glass and cut himself. Right. Like, so Ava is now off to Madrid to complete filming, and she agrees to let Frank visit because she's very guilt-ridden by what happened to him in New York and his latest suicide attempt. Now, before he arrives, Ava had taken up with another bullfighter, Luis Miguel Domingan. He had to lay low during Frank's visit, obviously. Frank arrives. His desperation is once again suffocating to Ava. She describes it as a traumatized obsession, like she's a drug that no longer provides pleasure for him, but his body still craved it for survival, which I think is a very interesting uh, way of putting it and makes sense. Uh, He eventually has to leave to film another movie, declaring we're not over before he leaves. But as soon as he'd gone, Ava moves Luis Miguel into her apartment uh, and until he had to go back to Spain for work. Now, unfortunately, this shoot is awful for Ava. She does not get along with her co-star Humphrey Bogart or her director Joe Mankiewicz, who wisecracked about her once publicly on set while she was sort of sitting there daydreaming that she was the most sitting sittingest actress he ever worked with. <laughs> Look, sitting is nice. Sitting is really. How nice. dare you? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> she just ate a bunch of pasta. You got to digest. <laughs> After filming's over, she goes back to, to Madrid and reignites this affair with Luis Miguel. And this bliss is soon interrupted when Ava gets kidney stones. But Luis Miguel, once again, is very in love with Ava. He dotes on her and takes complete care of her. Ava, of course, is like, ugh, I've done it again. <laughs> Other man is hopelessly devoted to me. Ugh. And she's still married. Yeah. <laughs> um, one night, Luis brings visitors to Ava as she's recovering, A.E. Hotchner and Ernest Hemingway, who is instantly uh, smitten with Ava's irreverent ways. And she is with him. She had, by this point, starred in two movies based on his stories, The Killers uh, and The Snows of Kilimanjaro. Uh, he's like very honest with her. He's like, yeah, that one was okay. You were the only good in thing, The Snows of and only good thing in the snows of Kilimanjaro and the dead cat. I don't know what that movie's about. I haven't seen it and I haven't read the story, but I know Hemingway loves cats. So I'm assuming if something happened to the cat, he's not happy about that. Right. He just liked the cat, (laughs) but this is the beginning of a lifelong friendship. They consider each other kindred spirits and I'm going to get into their friendship a lot more in the next episode. Now she loves being in Europe and she decides she wants to leave Hollywood, MGM and her marriage once and for all and reside there permanently. But in in order to get her quickie divorce, she needs to live in Nevada for six weeks first. So she has to go back to Lake Tahoe on her way there. She runs into Howard Hughes, who's like, who of course knew all about what was going on. And he's like, Oh, don't worry. I'll take care of everything. I'll get you a house on the lake, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to be there for business so we can catch up. Now, Of course, Howard has the whole house bugged before she gets there, and he has two PIs on the case following her around and reporting back to him the moment she arrives in uh, Lake Tahoe. Ava, just get away. Seriously. Just get away from this guy. She flies Luis Miguel out, but they have a huge fight one night, and he like storms out of the house, and one of Hugh's men is there sort of pretending to be his friend, but he's really kind of encouraging this machismo. And Luis Miguel saying, wow, you're going to let a woman talk to you that way? (laughs) 
like that kind of thing. And Luis gets furious, so he leaves. And then Hughes arrives just in time, like right as the competition has been booted out. He takes Ava out for a boat ride, once again proposing to her, saying she had three failed marriages already, and wasn't it finally his turn? To which Ava responds, you make me sound like a pony ride at the county fair. (laughs) I mean, Hughes is like unbelievable. Like He's so dumb. So uh, she obviously turns him down. She's waiting out her six weeks, and then she finally goes to file for divorce. But when she's scheduled to testify, she bails, thinking she wants Frank to reimburse her for all the money she loaned him before the divorce went through. He he refuses to pay her, seeing this as another way for him to stall uh, these divorce proceedings. Now, in December of 1954, she finds herself in another scandal completely unrelated to her marriage, and that involves Sammy Davis Jr., He asked Ava to pose with him for a cover shoot for a magazine that was marketed to black people. The shoot would feature Sammy dressed as Santa with Ava sitting on his lap. Now, Ava did not get permission of MGM publicity, who would have 100% nixed this idea. The headline accompanying the photo, it said, Sammy sends me Ava Gardner. Like it's a quote from her, which obviously was just the title. Now, because this is an audience marketed towards Black people, it had a black audience. It kind of flew under the radar uh, initially. But old power Howard Hughes eventually calls Ava, giving her a heads up that Confidential Magazine is set to run a story uh, about, according to Hughes, he says, about you and your black lover. So <laughs> this story runs, including the pics from the shoot. And in this story, it also reveals all of the romances Ava supposedly had with not only Sammy, but other black artists, musicians, etc. So all of this is pretty much a pack of lies. Obvi- obviously, racist America, though, does they're equally mad about this as as the divorce with or the affair with Frank Sinatra. Hate mail rolls in. Uh, MGM receives thousands of letters complaining about Ava's trampy behavior and whatever more racist type uh, sentiments. Uh, Avis, Ava once again basically ignores it. She doesn't fucking care. And her her tactics are successful. These scandals do die down uh, because she doesn't sort of engage with them. Sammy, however, has to deal with Frank Sinatra because right. they're buds. Right. And Frank is fucking furious. So he has to kind of convince uh, him, you know, I'm not fucking your still legal wife. He's finally convinced. But later on, Sammy's personal valet says there were several nights he dropped Sammy off at Ava's place for what he believed to be booty calls. Oh. So he's like, I would drop him off, but I never picked him up. <laughs> and that was unusual. So who the hell knows what happened? Right. I hope they I hope they got together. So in nineteen fifty-five, she would film another movie and buy a house in Spain finally. But a real turning point for Ava was in nineteen fifty-six. In April of nineteen fifty-six, she goes to Monaco to attend the wedding of Grace Kelly to Prince Ranier Grimaldi. Frank Sinatra actually was supposed to show up, but he didn't because he couldn't bear to be next to Ava without being with her. Um, So after Ava attends Princess Grace's wedding, she becomes really jealous of this young star who had basically conquered Hollywood very fast uh, and gave it all up to marry a prince by the age of 26. She's really young and she's just done so much. It's kind of incredible. That's Ava's dream. Her interest in acting is like gone. There's no projects that interest her. Her marriage to Frank is 
fucking over. She wants to live in Spain and she likes living there. Um, but she's like, maybe it's time for me to settle down and live a quiet life in Europe and have this Princess Grace sort of uh, fairy tale. But then a project comes along that she's desperate to do. Another Ernest Hemingway adaptation, The Sun Also Rises. And that's where we'll leave off. Next week, we'll talk about Ava's relationship with Ernest Hemingway, her time in Spain, which is wild, more of her relationships and the sad end, which made me cry when I wrote it. (laughs) So now I'm like, oh, I hope I don't cry again. It's okay if you cry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I support you. Uh, thank you. Wow, Desi, that was really good. We're going to record our after show now, which is available on our Patreon feed. And we will see you all for part three. We'll have some good pics too. Of course, I'll yeah. post some pictures on our Instagram and we'll see you all for part three next week. Bye. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.